Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Michael Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Luke chapter 15, we'll be starting with verse 11. Many of you are familiar with the story. And I just want to, I guess, take a different angle this morning. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. You may be seated. Um, Last year, my wife and I were privileged to go um, on a trip to Alaska. And one of the important things on our list to do before we left was to do our will and trust. Those of you that are familiar with what a will and trust is know exactly probably where I'm going with this statement, but essentially what a will is, is that you're taking all the stuff that you've earned, that you've still got left when you die, and give it to somebody that in most cases hasn't earned it, right? Pretty good deal. So, When I look at this scripture, what I find peculiar is this. Is this young man has not earned his inheritance. There's a a number here that I, I don't know what it is. I don't know that the Bible ever references other than he receives half of his inheritance. Or the half of it. And when I look at this, I'm thinking, well, what what would have happened? You know, if if something catastrophic would have happened to the farm, so to speak, or the estate, and they were all wiped out. I mean, it does reference in the scripture that there was a famine in the land. So the other brother may not have gotten anything. The father may have been left penniless, but he gets half of his inheritance before his father even dies. Kind of made me wonder Because, see, what's important to understand in this message is this. An inheritance is not something you have earned. You don't deserve it. It's not something you've earned. It's something that's been given. We live in an amazing country. And I I can tell you, you know, um, I was thinking about this just sitting here in the front during this worship service, how, you know, it... There's a lot of fear in our country right now. And how many of you think perspective is important? Perspective is important. And I can tell you that I, I battle in my mind all the time about what my perspective really is. But I can tell you that through this process, and I'll get into this a little bit more, I'm actually really happy that COVID happened not for the people that passed away, 
but it is totally bringing us back to our core. And if it hasn't for you, it should. What is the basis of our existence? Is it to watch sports? Is it to go out to eat? Is it to do all these other things? No, no, God, God has made it very clear in his word what our responsibilities are. Now I will tell you that I think, let's look at some of the positives that have come out of it. Let's just look for us as a, as a church community. We've got an additional source of spreading the gospel in our online, I said additional, not alternative. Very, very important. Additional. If you're healthy, you're here, you feel safe, you should be here. But it's an additional way for people to hear the word of God. And we've had a lot of guests that have been on. So I think there's some positives. I think there's positives about the amount of time we've been able to spend with our families. Some some negatives, right? I mean, spending a lot of time with family can sometimes get a little difficult. But the majority of it is being able to spend time with one another, being able to encourage one another. I can tell you, you know, I, I was a big sports fan. You know, if there's a season, I like to watch it. I can tell you, man, I, I really don't care anymore. It's like, I don't, I don't know when seasons start. I, I think the Brewers may have played. Um, I don't care. I really enjoy coming home at night and just spending time with my family. You know, I enjoy Wednesday nights, setting time aside and sitting down and, and taking in the word. Can't wait till we get back here and we can start doing more reaching out in addition to this service. So I think there's some really good things that have happened but it depends upon your perspective. Again, we live in an amazing country. We're blessed to gather in this place today. We're so blessed. You know, you can, you can look, um, Brother Vitaly had brought some, some videos of, of some of the locations they've, they've been to. Um, I know Brother Zenobia was just posting that they're building a building in, in Spain. You know, but where are they gathering now? We've seen the mud huts you know, you've seen the results of people that are trying to minister in China underground. And we get to come here in the open, park in the parking lot that everybody can see, and walk into this place. But the thing that makes it great is not the building. It's not the comfy chairs. It's the fact that the presence of God is here. And the important thing about the presence of God is that the presence of God isn't about a building. The church isn't a building. We know that, right? The church is the body of of Christ. So the Bible speaks very specifically to that. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 through 20, it says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, ask for it. It will be done for them but my, by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. The presence of God is where the church is. What a blessing. But as we go through this life, we can sometimes get a mentality of entitlement. If we look back at this young man in the parable, he felt he was entitled to his inheritance, right? He said, give me my half. 
I want, my, I want mine right now. He was entitled to it. I was sitting and pondering this as I was preparing this message and I started thinking, I was trying to get a comparison. And not everyone has the right life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So that's out. But we're given an opportunity to live and to make the most of our time on this earth, but we're not entitled to anything. Knowing that our inheritance is not of this earth. That's not, we don't want to be entitled to stuff here. They're pretty limited options. Thank you, Sister Gerbing, for taking this part of my message this morning and doing a terrific job. Brother and Sister Gerbing this morning and our 10-10-10, powerful prayer. There's a narrow path. And there's a wide path, and they both lead somewhere. And if you'd been here for the 10, 10, 10, you'd have realized that sometimes your narrow path is going to have ups and downs and curves and weaves. Both paths lead somewhere. You get to decide which one you're going to be on. And I liked her analogy of sometimes we, we may exit the highway a little early sometimes, thinking that this is the way we should go. But thank God for mercy that he can guide us back on, on the right path to get where we need to be going. See, you may be here today wondering which path it is that you should be taking. Or, which path am I really on? Or, you know, if you're watching this this morning and you, you don't know the good news is the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Now, we oftentimes, we take them and go, oh, well, you know, for the, for the unbeliever, today is the day of salvation. No, for everybody, today is the day of salvation. I don't know where your path has led you. I don't know if you've exited early. I don't know if you've taken the wrong path. But today can be your day of salvation as well. God already paid the price for your salvation. And he made it very clear what it would cost you. Very clear. It's going to cost you everything. Everything. I was reading a book the other day, and I'm, I'm, I'm really on this perspective kick, this positive thinking kick. Um, you, you couldn't believe that. By, uh, we went fishing the other day. Brother Marty uh, invited me, and um, the poor guy... Got, just got bombarded. Um, see, in, in this book, it talks about positive thinking and how to be more positive. And I, and maybe you're different than me, but I can really find a groove in negativity. Most of us can. Somebody starts talking about something negative, we, we can usually find a way to join them. And my mind very quickly can become negative. I mean, if you, and now this is, here's a perfect example. Again, poor Brother Marty, he's up there done this on this media fast and we're out there with him and we're talking about all this stuff going on in the media. And he's like, are you kidding me? And I actually felt bad when we got out because I'm like, this, he was in this euphoric area with none of this garbage, but we got on this and boy, it can just, it can just take you down in a hurry. 
So I wanted to, I want to, I want to be more positive, okay? And this is something that personally I've been working on for a long time. But one of the things that they talked about in this book, and the, and the t- book was called The No Complaining Rule. So one of the things they talked about to put into practice is to start out your day by being thankful for at least three things. Three things. And not just the easy ones. You know, thankful for my wife, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful that I got a house. No. So I, it's, it's about, you know, vain repetitions, God doesn't like them, doesn't get you a lot of, you know, a lot further along on the road. But if you could take the time to pray and be thankful for those three things each morning. And I encourage you to try this. It's, it's funny, I was, I was struggling with uh, this this morning and, and I, I sat down and I just started thinking, you know, what, what are three new things? You know, and I'll give you some examples. I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be in your presence. I'm thankful for the opportunity to pray and speak your name. I'm thankful for our pastor. I'm thankful for our country. You know, you can really get into this stuff and start grabbing some things that personally affect you and find that your day will be so much better when you start to take a positive perspective because you recognize that you've been blessed and you're thankful for it. There are few things in this world that tick me off more than ungrateful people. So, moment of levity here. There was, a, there was a video circulating for a while and it just cracked me up where this young man um, opens the door for a lady at a gas station. You know, and he, he's very kind, you know, he steps out, pulls the door open for her and she walks in and just completely ignores him. She's on her phone, you know. And he walks, he closes the door behind him, walks in, grabs the lady by the arm, gently, walks her out, closes the door and walks away. Like, yeah, what about a thank you? little appreciation, you know? And I actually did this when I was with a coworker of mine. I didn't grab the person and bring them out. But uh, I, I opened the door for somebody and they walked in, they just completely ignored me. I said, you're welcome. He goes, don't be that guy. I'm like, I am that guy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting on airs. I mean, that's, be thankful. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have been so blessed so blessed. So I want to show you a little bit as well. So when, when it comes to our inheritance, you understand, and, and if there's a, I don't know, if there's some people that do family counseling, I'm going to really get on their bad side in the next couple minutes here. But when it comes to our inheritance, we are not all equal. Okay? If you've been a jerk to your parents and treated them like garbage, you probably are not going to be as high on the list. Just going to throw that out there, okay? I can tell you, as a parent, if somebody treats me poorly, as a human being, I'm not going to want to be generous with you. Just the way it works, right? I mean, we are human beings. So if somebody comes and just treats me horribly, probably not going to be as generous with them. Still going to give them something, but probably not as much. So there are some parallels with the kingdom of God. 
Now, you may say, well, we all get to go to heaven. Well, maybe, maybe in a little bit of a Bible study in that, we'll work through that. But there are, there are some different parallels to this. And I want to I show you in Luke chapter 12, verse 42, it says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Whom is the Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him rule over all that he hath. Now if you go down to verse 47 it says, And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him will they, ex- will they ask the more. You have three different examples of people. Three different results for all of these people. So here we stand with this great blessing that we've not earned, waiting for our inheritance that we've not earned. An inheritance that is described this way in Revelations 21, verse 18. And the building of the wall, it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, a chalcedony, the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, sardonyx, the sixth, sardius, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, a topaz, the tenth, a chrysoprasus, the eleventh, a a jacinth, the twelfth, an amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Now this description blows my mind. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, if it were transparent glass. I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb is the light thereof. That sounds pretty good to me. It's a pretty amazing inheritance. So which servant or child do you want to be? How do you want God to look at you? You know, when I was a child growing up, I, I did not have to worry about the idea of somebody breaking into our home. I didn't have to worry about food. I didn't have to worry about some of those things. Someone broke in, I knew my dad was going to take care of us. If we needed food, we'd find a way. What a blessing to know that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords has given us protection, has given us provision and hope 
even in some very dark times. See, the beauty of it is we get blessings and an inheritance. 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. God has given us so much on this earth, but it's nothing in comparison to the inheritance we have before us. If you're here today for the first time, you've been blessed in the presence of God Almighty, the presence that's in this place, the creator of heaven and earth. You've been blessed just to see a glimpse of his majesty in this place this morning. If you want more, if you want more of an opportunity to be blessed, be here in this place. It's not enough just to be in the presence of God, but you have an opportunity to have the spirit of God living in you. So what are you doing with your blessing? What are we doing with our blessing? What are we supposed to do with our blessing? Go ye. Right? Isn't that what he says? The Great Commission? Go ye. But how should we go? What do we say? Where should we go? All valid questions. And questions that in some cases can paralyze us from stepping out and doing what God has blessed us to be able to do. Well, I don't know who to talk to. So I won't talk to anybody. I don't know if this is a good opportunity or a good situation. So I'm just going to sit back and we'll wait until you know, a light shines down from heaven and makes a donkey talk to me. You know? Sometimes we get that, that idea. Well, let me tell you where we can start. And this is my call to the church this morning among the several other things that I've already brought up. Love one another. I mean, truly, truly love one another. Not to come here and look around for the people or the group that you feel comfortable with, but get to know each other and show love one to another. Sincere love. Why? John 13, 35 says this, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So I'm calling you to put away your past and the past of each and every person here. To not allow the devil to hold your mistakes against you and for you to not hold others' mistakes against them. This is where unity, in my opinion, begins. And we know that when we're united in his name, that nothing can stop us. I was counseling with a couple a few weeks ago and one of the things I told them about love is that true love, true love is when you care more about that person than you do yourself. Now some of you are right now going, well, I don't know that I love that many people here this much. We're human. God loved you that much. So that's a really good start for you. 
God loved you enough that he cared more about you having an inheritance than his own comfort here on earth. So, there may be, you know, my dad used, uses this analogy and, and I agree with it. I've actually told my kids this on occasion when I was very upset with them. So listen, you know the truth is, I love you, but I don't really like you right now. I'll always love you, but right now I really don't like you. I think it's best that we take a few moments. I'm gonna take a time out. I'm gonna go over here for a while. Um, but now when we look at this, we have the responsibility as good servants to take this blessing we've received and to share it with others. And we cannot be nearly as effective if we don't love each other. So I added a, a verse of scripture. Sorry, Mom. 1 Corinthians 13 and 2. And I actually have a version that I wanted to use specifically. In the New Living Translation, it says it this way. If I had the gift of prophecy, pretty good gift, right? And if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge... And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, here it is, but did not love others, I would be nothing. I'm going to read the scripture again because I think it's extremely important and powerful for us to, to understand this. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but did not love others, I would be nothing. How important is love? It's more important than that faith the size of a mustard seed that you can move a mountain, right? It says it right there. So what's, what's holding us back from go ye? Luke 15 and verse 17 says, concluding the story of the young man, when he comes, came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine which was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. True love. 
Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly. Love one another. And understand this, we're all going to make mistakes. One of the reasons that I love the scripture in Micah is because it is so easy for us to receive mercy. But sometimes it is very difficult for us to give mercy. I mean, how many times have you sat on your floor or next to your bed or at this altar and said, God, forgive me. Please forgive me. Brother Matson does an excellent job talking about mercy and grace. Grace is unmerited favor with God. We ask for mercy on a daily basis. But if someone affects you, are you as willing to give that mercy as God is given to you? Can you give it to them? Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears Attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. See, today is a gift. Today is a blessing. Tomorrow is not promised to us, right? So what will you do today? What will you do today to make sure people know just how blessed you are? What will you do today to show someone that you care about their inheritance and what path they're on? I know that you're pondering this. We're going to have opportunities. We all have opportunities. Like I said before, sometimes we avoid them. But there's sometimes when we just need to look for them. There's times when we need to seek out and make an opportunity. And the reason we do that is because we understand and our perspective is that we are so incredibly blessed by God. So incredibly blessed. You can stand with me this morning. Some of you may remember the Sunday school song, the, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. For those of you that think that you may not have the words or the knowledge or the wisdom or whatever it is, I want you to think about this. When you find someone in darkness, the smallest light can make a huge difference. 
I enjoy hunting. Luckily, I can still do that with COVID. I'm going to isolate to a stand. But there's something about when, when you go out, if, if you're out at night, a lot of times you wait till sundown, and it's dark out. The moment you turn that mag light on or whatever flashlight you have, and it illuminates everything in front of you, you can now see the path that you need to go on. So I have a story for you. Many years ago, now, I shot a really nice buck. And I had my dad come. I'm like, Dad, I, I shot a monster. You got to come help me with this thing. And we got out there, and both of us had not put batteries in our flashlight. So I filled my backpack with all of our garbage, and I'm dragging this deer, and my dad's leading the way. And I'm like 40 yards off of the path, right? But my dad's leading. I have the same sense of direction, not solid. But I'm following my dad. And I'm like, Dad, we are not going the right way. And we're like, I'm honest to God, we're like 30 minutes into this walk that should have been 40 yards. We didn't have a flashlight. We finally, 45 minutes later, got to the four-wheeler trail. And we had to walk about 300 yards back to the four-wheeler, all because we didn't have a light in the darkness. We took a completely wrong path. And it cost us. So when you think that maybe your little word of encouragement can't make an impact, or if you think sharing that scripture, well, that's not going to do a lot. You don't know how dark their world is right now. You don't know what they're going through. And if your perspective is, I just want to love you and share some of the blessing that I've been given with you because I want you to have an inheritance like I'm going to have. You're that person's lighthouse and you may be the only person that is willing to take that opportunity to show them the light. We are so blessed to be here for such a time as this. Be thankful for your blessings. Share them with others. Show them God's love. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the promises that you've given us. I thank you for your word and I thank you for your name. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we leave this place, you will help us to be a light. to everyone around us and our perspective and our acknowledgement of the blessings that you've given us will help us to put into perspective. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262 965 
5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.